good day and welcome to Retizio's Unlocked Digital Commerce podcast. This is a show where we explore the latest trends in technology in the fast-moving world of digital commerce. In this interview-style podcast, we ask the important questions of expert digital commerce practitioners and retail leaders to help you gain traction and sell more online. In our conversation today, we will explore the significance and future potential of cryptocurrencies and e-commerce and how they can revolutionize the way retailers and brands engage with their customers. Okay, I'll introduce our guests for today. We are super excited to have Eri Zohar. He's the CEO of Bring, which is a fintech and crypto company that enables retailers to engage in a concept called lock to pay and we'll dive into that in a little bit. He is a retailer, an ad tech, and a serial entrepreneur that has founded companies including Oridian, Exalate, and Fresh Hub, all three of which led to exits totaling hundreds of millions of dollars. Welcome, Erie. We appreciate you being here. Hello. Hey, Thank Eric. you for having me. Thank you. We also have, as always, Tony Morse, who lends his expert insight and opinions on all things related to digital commerce. Hey, hey Tony. There. Tony is currently the Chief Technical Officer at Retizio, and he has deep experience in leading retailers and brands in digital commerce tech implementations that enable them to operate online more efficiently, reduce risk, and grow their businesses. So welcome both of you again. We'll go ahead and dive right into the conversation here. Ari, let's start with you. Can you explain, probably from a high level, the concept of staking and how it can benefit retailers and brands in the context of crypto-based e-commerce. How does it work maybe and what advantages? You got it. So first of all, staking basically is replacing proof of work. Initially, when crypto was involved, there were like miners, people who spend a lot of electricity to write the blocks that then constitute the crypto systems, platforms. And then, thanks God, there was proof of stake invented basically really saving the earth, reducing the cost of electricity. Proof of stake basically means that instead of miners, you have validators or doing the same things. They're writing the data, you know, of those platforms. But instead of putting a lot of electricity, they're taking the staking tokens of the specific chain that is being processed and worked on. And people who give those validators, those tokens to stake, they get some of the payment. So instead of the miners paying money to the electricity companies, you have validators paying money or interest to the people who give them those tokens to stake. So net-net, it means that if you hold a bunch of crypto and you want to just lock it and make some money on it, same thing right? like in the fiat world, we can just lock money in the back and get some interest on it, especially those days. So you can do the same thing in the crypto ecosystem where you give your money to those validators. It's actually really safe. It's like government bond, <laughs> not the U.S. government bonds. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> they'll figure it out. But, uh, but really safe, like type of locking your, your tokens, your funds, and getting an interest on it. So that's staking. We have nothing to do with that. That's an existing um, concept that is really fueling the, the crypto space those days. So, sta- so staking as a, in terms of cryptocurrency is now replacing mining or an alternative to mining. But from a, if you're as old as I am, that from a traditional banking perspective, if I had currency and I left it with the bank, 
in a basically in a non-liquid way, like a CD, right? I say for this amount of time, this stake or this amount of currency is locked. I don't have it. It's still mine, but it's being used. And then at the end of the term, the assumption is that I'll receive some sort of benefit, typically an interest. Exactly. So, you got it. Exactly. That's, that's exactly the story. Yep. So on top of that staking, we came out with something which seems to get a lot of traction. People really like it and we call it lock to pay. So the idea is that in the crypto world, many people don't care so much about that interest that they can make, because if you have some ETH, you know, what you really focused on is this ETH going up in value. It's now worth $1,800, but you think it's going to be worth $4,000, $10,000. So that interest isn't really interesting. So we basically tell people who have crypto, give us your crypto, let's lock it, do the stake and stuff with it, but basically lock it for a few months and we'll give you stuff just for locking it. So you can decide that you want to lock it. And then you can choose a vacation, watch, electronics, whatever you feel like. Each item has a price tag based on time. So this watch would be three months of locking. This watch would be five months of locking. You lock it, five months later, you, all the money, all the whatever, five if that you've locked goes back into your wallet. You didn't lose anything. And in the second that you lock, right when you begin the locking, you get the watch. So it has that like immediate gratification Excellent. type element to it. And this concept that you don't have to waste your crypto. If you really believe in your crypto, you don't want to use it to buy stuff because you think it's going to really go up in value. It's good. You can just keep it and still get stuff for it. Yeah, that, you've mentioned a number of things that, that I'd love to touch on. So, so folks who are not very familiar with the cryptocurrency industry, not unlike a stock or a bond or anything else, the, the most of the f folks who are playing with the currencies as currencies are making a long-term bet on its volatility, right? It's going up and down and they're going to buy or sell in the hopes of making some money in the future. And from what you spoke about, Erie, it sounds like there there is an opportunity for gaining interest in 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 locking, however, either it's small in comparison to the fluctuation, or it's and therefore less interesting, or there just isn't a good purpose or value for locking it. Because I assume locking it for any old reason, somebody who's holding it wants to use it. I'm assuming if it works like the bank models. And then somebody who's waiting for it gets the interest. What's the what's the value prop that bring is bringing to the table? How does this? Because clearly there are people who believe in crypto and are using it, and people who don't. And I see this as an opportunity for both of those people to interact together. But I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit more about the business model and the value proposition that bring brings to its customers. Sure. So first of all, address your point. I think the classic use case, which represents, I think, most of the people who are in the crypto business, are people that believe in the long time, long-term potential of crypto. So it goes up and down, but they believe in the up. So right. they think long-term will go up. So they bought a bunch of 
some coin they believe in. There's a coin called Ether, which is like very famous, uh -huh. Solana, Polydot, a bunch. Let's say I believe in ETH. So I bought, I've spent $20,000, bought a bunch of ETH, um, and I'm holding on to it. Now, I believe in crypto, and I think it's going to go up, but I don't want to use it. If I'm going to use it, then when it goes up in value, I'm going to be sorry. I spent you don't want to spend it. You don't want to spend so that just, because you're diminishing your exactly. price. I want to use it. Exactly, exactly. That's perfect. I want to use it, but not spend it. That's, it. Uh, I just, as they say, I want to eat the cake, but still have it full. That's ideal. <laughs> so it's actually possible. That's what we do. That's our thing. Eat the cake and keep it full. So the idea is I bought those bunch of ETH. I'm just sitting in some wallet now. I want to hold on to them, but I still want this nice watch. So I can just take them, lock them for a few months. Now I can't sell them. They're locked like a CD in the bank. But anyway, right. I believe in the long term. I don't want to sell them anyway. They sit in that place with those validators generating that income. And what I'm doing, I'm giving up that interest. I just have the if, which anyway, that's my focus. And then I'm turning, bringing away, take those few months worth of interest, but give me a watch now. Isn't in, in dollars. Okay, and but where are you guys getting the watch? So we work with retailers, right? Uh, we close deal with retailers. As a user, you choose if you want a watch, we'll give you a bunch of retailers that sell watches. If you want a vacation, a bunch of those that sell vacations. Choose the one that you like. You go into the website. It's actually a pretty regular e-commerce experience. We give the retailers this like JavaScript. So the website is pretty much regular. You see the watches, you can search, everything. But a few points of difference. Number one, instead of prices, Everything is priced by time. Every watch has a month type price tag to it. You'll have to lock for three months if you own this watch. If you own that watch, you have to lock for five months. But then it's like regular e-commerce, add to cart, everything is, is normal. There's a little floater that you can access and you can decide that you want to lock more or lock less. Or when you're inside you know, that, that retailer, you can still access your crypto and change the parameters. And then check out everything is regular. And then of the process, there's a special payment button that the retailer adds with our service. So I have another payment option parallel to Google Pay, Apple Pay, Visa. There's lock to pay. Click that. You approve the lock, and you get the watch without wasting any for crypto. Three months later, you know your crypto is free. You can do with whatever you want, and you got your full cake and still ate it. All right, wait a minute. Let's break this down a little bit because they, from a, from the customer's perspective, the person buying the watch, right? They have crypto and they want to use it without spending it, but they're okay with locking it up for a while. Bring comes to the table and says this particular, this particular currency when it's locked with us, for a particular amount of time essentially equates to some dollar amount and you're taking somebody's regular catalog this might be an item i want to purchase with with a us dollar amount associated with it you're translating that to time so what at the time of purchase you're saying the customer gets the watch right away what does the retailer get are they getting crypto or are they getting something else Crypto gets dollars, like from the crypto retailer perspective, just like the client paid with a visa, gets the dollars instantly. 
Ah, so um, bring lock to pay is managing the all of the crypto, the retailer. There's no change in their books. There's no change in their process. It's just it's just another payment method, no different than any other payment gateway. Exactly. You can think about it a little bit like buy now, pay later. The retailer gets paid instantly in dollars, and then the buy now, the Klarna firm, they basically take care of all the fintech in the back end. So, you know, they deal with the delay and that magic. So our magic is fintech, but crypto fintech. Same thing, we give the retailer dollars instantly, and then we take care of that staking and the interest and all of that complicated stuff to make sure that we are okay. But nobody has to worry about that. We figured that out, but it's simple for the retailer, just money. For the consumer, looking for a few months and getting the watch. That's a very interesting business proposition because you have, I'm sure there are retailers out there that have thought about, if not already experimented with accepting various types of crypto on their site. But for one reason or another, whether it's risk or perception or volatility, have either stopped or decided not to. It sounds like a pretty riskless way to tap into a fairly large group of people who are using crypto and essentially expand your market. Can you give us a sense of how big is that market or what's what kind of what does this look like as a, as a real opportunity for, say, a retailer who today is not accepting crypto versus someone tomorrow who might using something like Bring? Sure. So basically, we're talking about actually a pretty massive market. The numbers are talking about more than 400 million users, people who hold crypto around the world. And it's not only that. Basically, if you think about, you know, think about like a retailer today. So retailer today needs to get clients all the time, needs to fight. So you have Google and Facebook. You have to spend money and you have to fight with 50 competitors like you and kill your margins to get in and pull some audience from there. Sure, the race for eyeballs, right? Or the wallet share. Exactly. And the race is very tough. And then you have 400 million users who basically nobody is there, right? There's no, I'm inside doing my crypto stuff, so I'm in my crypto wallet, I'm in the crypto platform. People are spending time there. They're all crypto, they like crypto, so they're there. But they're not seeing any ads, any offers, any merchants. If I'm on a vacation, I'm not seeing any vacation. If I'm going to go to Google, I'm going to be drowned by vacation offers. So the retailers are killing each other. If I'm in my crypto wallet, nothing is there. So 400 million users who retailers can really talk to, offer, make offers to, pull them into the website. And not only that, it will be very easy in a way for those consumers to spend money with those crypto, with those retailers, because as we said, they don't really spend it. They just lock the crypto. So it's easy to buy and no clutterless type environment where the retailers can really make offers and pull new buyers. So it's it almost sounds like there's this giant auditorium with people with crypto burning holes in their pockets and nobody on the floor to sell them anything or very few people on the floor to sell them anything and it's it it sounds almost like a two-way street right from the retailer's perspective 
I'm effectively accepting crypto without dealing with crypto, but it sounds like you've also now have this kind of community or portal of folks who have already believe in crypto where you can, what, essentially create a marketplace of all the vendors who are using Bring. And, but it sounds like you also have this, it almost sounds like a marketplace or a portal where all of the people who are holding various currencies, various cryptocurrencies anyway, can come to bring and essentially see all the retailers who might be selling any number of things all in one place. So is that correct? Is it like a marketplace? Do you have something like that? So it's a, it is a marketplace. I would say, but uh, our business model is not where they come to bring. We actually find them inside the crypto platforms they're using. So you'll be inside your wallet where your crypto sits. And right there in that wallet, there's going to be like a deals section. So you don't even have to go to a different website. We're going to bring the offers into the places where the, those people are, where those crypto holders are. And yeah, and everything is really, one, one thing we did that uh, put a lot of effort in is making it really easy. Making the UX really smooth, zero friction. So, you know, you're in your wallet, you go right into the retailer, you're already connected to your wallet. So it's easy click and you approve everything. You approve the lock, you get the merchandise. So everything is really easy and sits right there where your money is, where your wallet is. So that's smart, following the wallet. Obviously, yeah. if you're using crypto, you have to have a wallet, at least. One a wallet. reputable wallet too, I would think. And also, I was going to ask: Does it matter which type of crypto right now the ring that ring works with, or you can have all kinds of different ones, or is it just Bitcoin, or is maybe you can talk a little bit about the different types and which ones are more prevalent among retailers right now? Probably Bitcoin, I would think, is the main one. Bitcoin is a, Bitcoin is a big one, but Bitcoin. Remember, we when I spoke about the proof of stake and the idea that there are no miners and now those validators and staking replaces the miners, that's not the case for Bitcoin. Bitcoin still is based Mining. on miners. Bitcoin is I really likes to stay, not make many changes, be very stable, uh, alternative gold. That's how they like to think about themselves. We're more focusing on the coins which are more like innovative by approach. And we're starting from the big ones. You know, we're working with Polkadot, actually working with some very innovative one, which is called Aurora, which is a very interesting project. And then a bunch of others. And it's a process. Every coin we have to work with, we have to integrate with and add it to our platform. So as time goes by, we're adding more and more different options. So the end goal would be that whichever token you have, we're going to be able to offer block to pay on that token. But the, from the retailer's point of view, someone who's using your services, just you know, the, this is just dynamic HTML, right? It's a little bit of JavaScript that essentially replaces the, the currency with time based on, based on some widget you put on the, in, in the page. Oh yeah, right? super easy. It's one line of JavaScript basically that they just put on all of their pages and that does everything. First thing it does is that it sees if the user came from us, came from one of our platforms, the crypto platforms, or it's a regular user. If it's a regular user, it does nothing. Just ignores it and the site behaves normally. That's interesting. If the user came from us, then it adds that little floater that you can access the platform you came from and changes the prices into time. 
but we, the integration is nothing. The payment button, that depends on which system you use. So we have different ways of working with Shopify-based retailers, e-commerce-based retailers, so that varies based on uh, sure. the platform. Yeah, because depending on the platform, like ours is an open platform, we can use any payment gateway, but if you're using something like Shopify, you have to use Shopify Pay, and there are other examples. So that essentially the onus is on you to integrate with all of these proprietary payment gateways. Besides Fi and Woo, have you worked with any gateways that some of us would know, independent gateways? Yeah, we have, uh, you know, we're working with SensePass, which is okay. an alternative payment method in integration with uh, two very big players. I'm not sure I can mention their names yet. That's uh, fine. They're coming out soon. But basically, I would say until now, every merchant that I spoke with were able to find like an elegant solution, which required very little integration effort. So that should not be a concern of the merchant. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, it's been a, it's probably getting towards the time where we need to wrap up, but it's been a very interesting conversation. And let me ask you guys like an ending question here. What do you see, maybe, Eri, as far as the future of crypto and e-commerce? And, you know, what do you see evolving there as far as retailers and brands? For What's in it for them, really, going forward? And then I know that making it easy to buy is the main thing, but maybe you can talk about what in the future is it going to be. I'll just shut up and let you answer my question. I <laughs> <laughs> have some uh, piece of uh, scope, small scope for you for this uh, podcast. Uh, this will be the first year where basically advertisers or a big amount of them retailers would be passing more than a trillion dollars in the online ad tech to fibers for people who drive traffic into those retailers. And that's one trillion dollar, if you look at the equivalent in Web3 or in the crypto world, is almost zero now. So I think really the future is in creating strong collaboration between retailers and those different Web3 players, which are now totally disconnected. That trillion dollar understand the magnitude of this opportunity. It sounds like your company um, is trying to do that. Yeah, all we need is a trillion dollars. <laughs> Hey. Uh, and then besides that, I think that uh, like fintech really evolved in the regular internet, right? You have buy now, pay later, you have cashback, you have the points, you have all that stuff, and almost none of that exists in crypto. And I think we're going to see a lot of that innovation inspired by the regular world, stuff that are specific to crypto, like a lock to pay. So a lot of fintech innovation and stuff coming on with that connection between retailers and that massive untapped opportunity, which is going to open up. Very good. Tony, you have any closing thoughts? So crypto, in the crypto space, it still remains, in, in, in my mind, the internet in the early 80s, right? There were people out there who knew what it was, who believed in it, who used it, who grew it. It was very community-based. But if you walked up to the average person on the street and said, hey, the internet, you know, you get, I've heard that's CompuServe. Oh, that's Bitcoin, right? I think, I think that's where we're in the stage. That's the stage we're in with this. Fast forward 15 years, 20 years, 
and now everybody's on the internet internet but it's we bypassed the point where people even know what it is they just use it and take it for granted so i believe crypto has that opportunity uh, but obviously right now there's a lot of there there's a lot of players and like everything else like currency is based on confidence right so i wouldn't be surprised if there's a reckoning if a smaller set of big players rise but i'm really not a fintech guy right so these are just things that i see that that sort of come from similar technology that i've seen evolve right a, a blossoming of lots of players and then uh, a concentration to the hands of folks who really do it right and ultimately based on it on its usefulness now from an e-commerce perspective though I think we've seen a shift, right, from in, in how things are paid for, how things are financed, and currencies in general, right? So, like today, a lot of retailers are already relying on alternate currencies in the term in terms of folks like influencers, right, where somebody's concentration on their product or featuring their product, having the eyeballs, effectively equates to some amount of revenue and right now it's being paid almost in a b2b model right the retailer to the influencer but whether it's an nft or it's something like cryptocurrency or it's the time and attention of a creator or influencer i think over time people are becoming a little bit more open to trade models where it's not just a traditional currency that can be exchanged for goods and services. And I think crypto is just one of several things that that offer some potential for the next big mover and shaker, the next disruptor to come. And there, there is an organization out there where there are folks who are paying each other for chores by doing chores. It's a pure barter trade industry. I don't see that happening worldwide, but something like crypto is we you know, starting, much right? easier to understand and to implement the e-commerce system. So a lot of potential there. Awesome. Thank you both very much. Yuri, we appreciate you being here for sure and taking the time. Best of luck with Spring. And hey, we'll have you back sometime and get your perspective on how crypto and retail is going and how you're doing. Thank you very much, listeners, for your support of the Unlock Digital Commerce podcast. I'll be on the lookout for a new episode soon. In the meantime, be sure to check out Retizio.com for more resources and solutions to help you unlock digital commerce for your business. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.